As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Red Cross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next interview. We have a special guest here today. We have an expert who has really spent a lot of their time in building the food tech industry and building startups. And I'm really excited today to talk not only about the business that um, has been built, but also how Malka has been flexing, how COVID has impacted the business, and really, more importantly, how Malka and her team have really become not only fluid, but very dynamic in how they have responded and moved their businesses not only to online delivery services. Oh, I shouldn't go into too much detail because I don't want to steal all the thunder, but I'm really excited about an opportunity to not only hear about the businesses that Malka's built, not only talk about the scene and how her business is striving in Poland, but also have a little bit more of an international perspective on running a business, an international perspective on providing food to the community, fighting for social justice issues, and also how not only does Melka juggle all of these things, but how um, <laughs> Melka is an amazing person and her contribution to us and to the community. So with that, I wanted to just say welcome. Hi, hello, everybody. Hello, Stephanie. Hey. I'm really glad to have you here today. Um, I think one thing that we should do is give everyone a little bit of background, just so everyone mm -hmm. learns a little bit about you, and we'll talk a little bit about your business as well. So first, let's give everyone a little bit of background as far as your vegan status, how long you've been vegan, and maybe give everyone a little bit perspective on your journey, what brought you to becoming vegan um, in the first place. Uh, um, so I started um, this journey, yes, because it's a journey. It it didn't become uh, like it, it's a process. I would tell. Mm -hmm. uh, we started about twenty years ago uh, when I realized that uh, I cannot close my eyes on um, animals uh, suffering. And then I switched to semi-vegetarian. So I ate fish and then I stopped eating fish. Um, then I stopped eating cheese. Then I stopped eating eggs. And about seven years ago, I started trying to be vegan, which was not very uh, simple in Poland at the time. Um, you just have to realize differences between Eastern Europe and uh, Western market where seven years ago, uh, almost everything uh, was available vegan. Yes. And in Poland, there was almost nothing. Mm -hmm. And I told myself, all right, like 10 years ago, uh, I would like to have a restaurant 
uh, where I can go and I don't have to uh, really worry whether it's vegan, vegetarian or whatsoever. I need to have place where there is tasty food for everybody and it's vegan. Yes. So it's, I made a business decision. Okay. There is nothing like that in Poland. So I will establish it. Why not? So, I love that. It's so good <laughs> when, you know, you see there's not only that opportunity, but that ability to take a dream, an idea, and turn that into something. It's so exciting to be able to do that. It's as Dalai Lama said, uh, be a change uh, you would like to see in the world. So I said, all right, I will. <laughs> Absolutely. So you started the restaurant. Maybe give everyone a little bit of perspective. When did you start your restaurant? Uh, ten years ago, I established a small cafeteria. I didn't know that it will grow like it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that time it was vegetarian. Uh, the cafeteria was called Tel Aviv because I live between two countries and two cities, Warsaw in Poland and Tel Aviv in Israel. Mm-hmm. So I said, I want to bring this uh, Tel Avivian vibe to Poland and to Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ten years ago, ten years ago, I opened a small restaurant, and after ten years, we have eight big restaurants, a chain of vegan, totally fully vegan uh, restaurants. Give me a clap! I just oh, that is that is wonderful. You know the the idea of expansion and growth. You know, a lot of times, you know, when people talk about their businesses, it, it starts with a small idea, but when you're able to go out and have eight different locations, mm-hmm. I think that's very amazing and something to celebrate. Um, but I didn't mm-hmm. need to, to cut you off there. Um, so you know, I have, I, have business, I have business background and marketing background. So from the beginning, uh, I started this business from uh, making very good business plan. And uh, when I read it today, the, my business plan, there was uh, a whole chapter about going, uh, building, building a chain of restaurants and going abroad, not only not staying only in Poland, but also um, expanding this business to the whole Europe. So, yeah. Perfect. Now, when... Everything changed. Everything happened. For us in the U.S., it was around kind of that March Mm. timeline. I know it's a little bit different in other areas of the world. Maybe give us a little bit of kind of perspective on when you were impacted by the pandemic and everything that's been changing in the world. And then how did it impact your business and how have you pivoted? Uh, So many hospitalities business uh, was really hit by uh, COVID-19 and um, we really took uh, many actions. First of all, uh, we prepared a strategy. Yes, it was the first three days. Uh, we were really shocked. We didn't know how to manage with the whole si- entire situation because there was a lockdown and we were not able to operate regularly. Uh, restaurants were closed. So uh, we decided to build uh, a strategy for the crisis. So we lowered the highest salaries. Uh, we decided to cap on the light and the financial burden 
Uh, and uh, we started also a new brand, uh, like homemade comfort food. And we developed it, our own um, delivery fleet uh, because we never delivered. Uh, our restaurants were so uh, successful and always crowded that mm -hmm. we delivery uh, deliveries really disturbed us in a regular operation. So we had to start completely new business. Suddenly, from the restaurant business, we became a delivery business. We didn't have customers or guests. We had clients. <laughs> it was very strange. Um, and uh, so how did you make that switch? Like, how did you, especially like you said, without a customer base and so forth, did you just start emailing people? I don't know if you had an email list. You, uh, you we had, had yes. your marketing background, so maybe yeah. giving mm -hmm. a little bit of insight into how you used, you know, your marketing acumen to, mm -hmm. to make that mm -hmm. switch. Uh, so the main role really played our marketing. Yes, well, we couldn't sell through our um, through our staff in the restaurants. So the only way to 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 sell was to market and to go to, through the social media, through email lists, uh, through um, Google ad uh, adwords, and so there was the whole marketing plan uh, for digital uh, marketing plan um, to inform our uh, clients and our uh, customers that from now we will sell uh, through deliveries. We will deliver food. And uh, because we have eight restaurants in uh, Warsaw, capital of Poland, so we covered almost all Warsaw. Uh, and we had deliveries from each part of the city. It's quite a big city for Europe. Um, it's over 2 billion people. So it, it, we were really, uh, it was really good to have um, coverage for the whole city that we could deliver from each restaurant. Uh, and, uh, you know, the crisis really showed us that this is very good uh, branch of business that we can start thinking about deliveries uh, as uh, about uh, additional uh, branch of the business yes so uh, we decided to continue this and now we built uh, like delivery department and we built a dark kitchen or it's called cloud kitchen only for, for deliveries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the idea of doing cloud kitchens. Um, I've been talking with a couple of people who have been doing that in different spaces and even in different countries. Um, and this the concept of having kind of that cloud kitchen where mm -hmm. you know, people can do orders, then the food is delivered. Not only, like you said, it works um, mm -hmm in this current environment, but it creates a new kind of revenue channel for a lot of businesses. And a lot of people are kind of taking this challenge of COVID-19, mm -hmm. potentially looking at the, you know, the, the positive sides of things that now it's creating, you know, not only a new channel for some restaurants um, and individuals out there, but in the mm -hmm. future, I've been talking to people who've been saying that they might even do, you know, 
they may keep their existing restaurants, but they may even set up cloud kitchens in other yeah. places. There's an expansion. Yes. So we already made our uh, made decision, and uh, we have already a place, and now. Uh, we invest in this place a little bit to refurbish this, this place, to make it bigger, to build a capacity, uh, because we see that after the summer, uh, the autumn can bring, again, a drop down in uh, income. So this dark kitchen can bring us uh, extra uh, turnover and um, so this is something what I would call uh, what we learned learned about our company during the COVID that we are anti-fragile. Uh, so we are not only resistant, but we are anti-fragile. Fragile. This uh, crisis really caused that we uh, developed the company. We grew and we became stronger. And we are also afraid because um, a vegan uh, business is still not a mainstream in Poland. Mm -hmm. So we were afraid that uh, we will not have uh, so many orders through delivery. Um, through, yes, through delivery. And uh, finally, uh, at the end of the day, when we make a summary of this, we even earned on this, sometimes when we um, compared our income to income of restaurants of our friends, which are not uh, vegan, mm -hmm. uh, we had even higher income. This wow. is interesting. It really shows that the vegan business is not anymore off-stream business. It's becoming a mainstream business. Yeah, that's mm. it's amazing when you can see the demand is still there. You know what I mean? Even though businesses may have to shift mm -hmm. to things like delivery online. The idea is that people still want vegan options. They want mm -hmm. options. Um, and you know what I mean? And, and in a sense, this is a, it's an exciting time, for, I think, for vegan businesses because really? um, it's, it's a time where we can serve people better, um, where we can help people you know, get vegan food into their standard rotation of where mm -hmm. they eat um, and so forth. So it's, I'm really excited about it. I'm not sure. What do you think about as far as like the future of kind of... It's vegan. Future is vegan. Yeah. Yeah. We know it. We know it, especially after this crisis caused by virus, um, which were transmitted to humans uh, from animals. Yes? So people really saw that it's not only a matter of, uh, you know, uh, of compassion, not eating animals. It's not only a matter of compassion or uh, ecolo ecolo ecology. It's a matter of our health. Yes. So even those that were really against vegan diets, and they started thinking about switching to uh, plant-based food. Yeah, I, I love that. And I'm really excited about your model because, like you said, by being able to get the coverage in a city, you're able to now make it accessible. Because I think that's been one of our challenges when we think about the growth of veganism. Um, and that's one thing I think we struggle with even in the U.S. You know, certain cities will have 
good coverage, decent coverage, okay coverage. But when you have like what you're doing in with your restaurants and being able to have multiple locations, now everyone has access to meals. Now everyone can order with ease. Um, and I think that helps people adapt it more as a lifestyle and mm -hmm. not just that first step of food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because um, from the beginning, it was my, uh, um, I would call it mission, to make vegan food accessible. When something is accessible, the ch people have choice. If it's not unaccessible, people don't have choice, so they cannot choose. And so my purpose is just to give. Mm -hmm. So first of all, uh, we, I mean, uh, people that want to introduce uh, plant-based food to the mainstream, we have to stop thinking that this is uh, off-stream, that this is only for a certain people. We have to start thinking this is food, not plant-based food. This is food. This is restaurant. This is not a vegan restaurant. This is restaurant. So um, to make it so obvious as uh, restaurants with meat, they don't announce we have meat in this restaurant. Yes. So when, <laughs> when you start treating it, uh, your business uh, as something regular, it becomes regular. When you start looking at people or uh, telling people, um, hey, my business is really good one, we have good food, uh, people will believe it. When you are intimidated, they will feel it and they will feel that something is incorrect. So um, this is my first advice. And another, yes, go to digital marketing. It really works. It's amazing. And uh even during the crisis, when we really had terrible drop down of income, a terrible, uh, we started with 10% of uh, average save, 10% only. So we decided to spend even more on marketing to, to uh, reach our uh, customers. Uh, and we really counted uh, how much we have to spend to reach one person and how much we will earn on this one person. So it was strategical decision. It was not based on um, our feelings. Yes, we counted this. So second was go to digi digital marketing and make it strong. And third is uh, you have to start uh, your um, your journey and your uh, friendship with uh, Excel. You have to count everything. <laughs> That's you. You need. You have to learn how to count because business is based on counting. When you want to earn, you have to uh, really count how much you may spend and to earn to have gain. Yeah, I think. I talk about this a lot where I tell people that you have to know your numbers. You have to understand your numbers. You can't just manage to like the bank account. The balance mm -hmm. of the bank account doesn't really tell you much. Um, yes, it'll tell you if a, a check's going to clear, <laughs> but it doesn't tell you how your business is growing and why and sources. So Yes, yes. Yeah, it's, um, so if we want to, if you, we want, I mean, we... Again, uh, plant-based businesses. If we want to have impact, 
that really impact on the world and we want to change the world and we want to change um, ve veganism and vegan food to the mainstream if we want to um, be in the mainstream business uh, we have to treat this business as a business with strategy kpis with uh, budgets just very seriously yeah. it's not um, just a hobby anymore absolutely i couldn't agree with you more one other question i was going to have is as everyone is looking at the rest of the year i think the challenge as business owners, the challenge just even in our individual personal lives, everyone feels a little bit of that uncertainty. They feel a little bit of that, you know, maybe the confidence that we all had in January of like, this is going to be a great year. <laughs> you also <laughs> had it. <laughs> yeah. I had it. I felt yeah. it. That's going to be something outstanding. And it is. Yeah. It just turned out a little different than we expected. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations on how people should look at the second half of the year, either strategically from a business or from a standpoint on how they can reset themselves and their mindset to make sure they don't carry over the fear, the nervousness, you know, all of that, some of that negative energy that some of us mm -hmm. had to work our way through mm -hmm. to get to where where they are today so any recommendations mm -hmm. or any thoughts there okay i will introduce a little bit of buddhism uh, here buddhist uh, philosophy okay. uh, this COVID issue is just a little wave on the surface of the big ocean uh, it's really a small wave it's nothing biggie uh, so if we look at, at on this or um, as at small turbulence we it's it will not uh, cause uh, this nervous nervousness in us yes so our decision will be more clear when we are silent there is silence somewhere inside us we will make clear decisions and uh, smarter decisions so and second I would really recommend to take it as an advantage um, that we can develop something what we would never do in a very uncomfortable um, situation. Yeah? Because when we are in, uh, in our comfort zone, we don't want to change anything. And this is a moment when we can tell, all right, I have nothing to lose, really. Now I can do something what I was always afraid of or I wanted to change it and uh, I was not brave enough. And um, also we have to understand that uh, some businesses uh, really gained on uh, this crisis and take a look on those businesses, read about them, how they did it, how they uh, succeeded. Um, and we, we, we should take them as an example. Maybe we should change something in our business models. It's not uh, that our business models are perfect. And again, uh, when I say business models, you have to know your business model. What is your business model? Yes, when you know it, you may change it. When you don't know it, um, you are really reacting on such events like uh, COVID. And when you have a business model, when you have strategy, 
you may adjust your strategy to the COVID situation. And of course, deliveries uh, is a growing business and it's very dynamically developing business. So I would recommend uh, to go to delivery, to uh, food production, um, to retail sale, uh, also e-commerce, um, to divide uh, streams of income. Yeah. And it, I think that's so important that we create that, like you said, divide or offer, find multiple kind of channels and mm. ways to bring in income in our businesses so that we have a little more balance and it can help with that stability. Mm. It can help you weather the storms because life has storms. You know, like you said, there's that turbulence that that is going to come and go. Um, the idea is that we want to be able to not never have another problem, never have another issue. The, I think the, the key in our businesses is we want to be able to be flexible and be able to move as mm -hmm. these challenges come towards us um, and find the opportunity and continue to serve our community. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's really, really great um, what you're saying. One thing we didn't do, I just realized, is we didn't mention the name and the website for the restaurant. So if you want to give everyone a little bit of background, let's give them the name, social media, and everything. So if anyone in Poland is watching or anyone's traveling to... Okay, not only in Poland, yes, we will go uh, international. So <laughs> maybe yeah. soon, maybe That's soon, true. very, very That's soon. Yeah, let's start following you now. So maybe if you want to give them the website, social media, and any background so they can get in touch with um, with your company. All right. My chain of my restaurants is called Tel Aviv. So the website is telaviv.pl. Uh, and uh, so the social media, Facebook, also Tel Aviv Urban Food, and Instagram Tel Aviv Urban Food. Mm, and my company is called uh, Food Quantum, and uh, because we're gonna start uh, developing new brands as well, not only uh, Tel Aviv restaurant brand, but another uh, restaurant, also vegan, of course. Uh, so uh, we will uh, also work more on uh, marketing of our uh, company, like Food Quantum company. Right. Perfect. And I love that, that you're looking to expand and also looking at offering other brands um, and being able to offer um, different options. Now, give everyone a little bit of background or maybe walk us a little bit through the menu. I know for some people, they just got through lunch, so hopefully they won't be too hungry, but give them maybe, um, some ideas of some of the items on your, on your menu. Okay, for in Tel Aviv, uh, we have uh, Middle Eastern food, uh, Arabic Israeli food, uh, like hummus, but the best one in Poland, really the best one. Uh, we spent uh, tons uh, or plenty of time in Israel to eat uh, hummus, to taste it, and to bring the best recipe uh, to Poland. Um, of course, falafels and shakshuka and so on, this Middle Eastern tasty, delicious, aromatic food. Uh, but very soon we will go to um, Asia, uh, Asia food uh, brand um, because Asian food uh, becomes more and more um, popular in uh, all over the world would say. And it's really perfect to make it vegan. Yes, it's very simple to make it vegan. 
it's, and we also want to target uh, this uh, Asian food to the younger uh, group of people um, because now Tel Aviv is for uh, people between 30 and 40. Um, so we want to go to the younger group, uh, which is really, the, the I think, in this group, younger, 18, 25 uh, about 50% of them declare that they prefer vegetarian or vegan food. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's, those are amazing. Uh, this is green revo revolution, and I know that uh, we are part of it. We started it 10 years ago. <laughs> it wasn't very popular at all. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know, we all had to kind of start these businesses when they weren't as popular so they could grow um, into the demand. But it's been amazing. I don't know how much you've been blown away by how how much adoption I've seen with people transitioning um, to vegan lifestyle. And not just that, individuals that are maybe not ready yet. Like they're not going to wear the, the vegan t-shirt like you and I maybe, mm -hmm. but <laughs> eating regularly, you know? vegan they're tuning in there they're just it's, it's becoming a part of their process so eventually i do believe um that many of them will get there but it's really exciting to see that um individuals are seeing vegan food and vegan options as a part of their standard mm -hmm. that's what we can see here in poland and especially in warsaw really it's one of the most vegan friendly cities in the world warsaw surprisingly yes. Somewhere in the middle of Eastern Europe, there is a city which is called Vegan Capital. <laughs> so that's my that that's also my work and my friends from other vegan restaurants. Perfect, perfect. Now we've talked about the business. We gave people a little bit of background on your journey. Um, the last piece I'd love to maybe wrap mm -hmm. up on is a lot that's happening not just in the U.S. but really. Around the globe, we're starting to see, you know, our societies demand more from mm. their government, demand more from us as individuals to get us to act, to get us to recognize social injustice, to make sure that we are speaking out for groups that are being disenfranchised and so forth. Mm. Um, do you want to give people a little bit of background on some of the work that you do in that space? What's you're passionate about and, and where you, you spend some of your time? Um, you know, we are just after the election in Poland, uh, the presidential election, uh, where there was terrible fight between um, uh, liberal uh, wing and right wing. And unfortunately, the right wing won uh, with 1% of uh, votes, only 1%. It, it was difficult. So in, in Poland now, the biggest social debate currently is about the rights of LGBT community. Yes? And the, this conservative government decided to use the LGBT people uh, as a scapegoats in the last elections and women rights and LGBT organizations also lost access to many sources of funding because the ruling party distributes the resources mostly to religious and conservative organizations. And so I personally participate in a social campaign uh, started by my friend's company that had a goal to giving visibility 
uh, and collecting funding for the major LGBT organization. And so me and my girlfriend, uh, we were uh, face of this uh, campaign. So because um, I am a widely known person in uh, Poland in, in certain uh, circles. Mm -hmm. So I said, all right, if I... I'm recognizable. I can give my face to um, uh, to participate uh, in uh, in something for others, also to be yeah, for the cause. to fight yeah, as a cause for and to fight for others. Um, because I really live in a big city, so for me, uh, being a LGBT, whoever. It's just a person with a girl living in a with a girl. It's simple. Uh, I'm not scared, but in many uh, smaller uh, cities, it's a big uh, problem. Um, so uh, this is uh, this is mainly uh, the issue, the main issue in Poland for now is fighting for LGBT rights and for uh, women rights. Yeah, and that's. That's the thing that I think the other hard part about right now is, you know, it's the magnifying lens is being put on how much we aren't standing up for a lot of groups that need the voice at the table. Um, we're realizing that, you know, there's a lot of elected officials in place that, you know, are frankly, harming groups. Um, so there is a lot of work for us to do, I think, as vegans that we are often, you know, fighting for change, fighting for, you know, stronger community, fighting for, um, for individuals, for, you know, the environment and so forth. So I think it's important that we are all staying connected to. Yeah, we have a lot to do, really. We are. What, really what I see uh, for the last 10 years since I started this vegan business, uh, I see uh, amazing changes, how people think, how they change their thinking uh, about the um, influence on environment uh, and also about their rights. Uh, so I see it as a process. Okay, it will take some time. But, uh, finally, I hope. And the, we will leave this world better than uh, um, we see it today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the work that you're doing. And I love, like you said, about using your recognition. You know what I mean? The, the ability you have to reach people and mm. being able to lend that to, um, to these movements, I think is commendable, is great. Um, and I think it's important for all of us out there to do as, you know, as much as we can. Um, you know, I, I know all of us have different resources and different ways of doing things, but it's wonderful to see the work that you're doing. And I think it's very um, inspirational. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with me and giving me a little bit of insight and all the great work that you're doing and the growth in your business and the changes that you've been making um, mm -hmm. as you've been um, responding to this pandemic. And I hope we stay in touch. Um, I hope um, to hear about your continued expansion. And I just wanted to really um, be you know, excited and thankful for the contributions you're making to the movement. So thank you for, yeah. for all that you do.
Thank you, Stephanie. And also, I would like to thank to all my team because uh, we work together uh, to be where we are today. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Well, is there anything else you want to share with our audience as we wrap up today's interview and today's <laughs> session? Um, really, just uh, go and realize your dreams. It's really worth it. You have only one life. Perfect. I think that's a perfect place. Um, to leave today's session. So thank you so much. Thank you everyone who has listened. Um, if you do have any comments, because you're watching this as a replay, if you have any questions um, for our guests today um, and you're watching a replay or listening to this as a podcast, please post them online. We'll make sure we either pass them along or we will do our best to answer them as well. So thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you so much um, for being here with me um, today, Malka, and we We'll talk to everyone next time. Thank you. Bye.